We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church Podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to today's message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. You guys ready for this word? All right, let, let's pray real quick so the band can stop playing because otherwise I'll just keep y'all playing because y'all are that awesome. God, thank you so much for bringing us here this morning. Thank you so much for your word that is about to go forward. Thank you so much for every other church in this area. God, we mentioned uh, Hope Community Church and Gospel City Church and Granger Community Church and First Baptist and Summit Church and Mount Calvary and and all the other churches in the community that are uh, spreading the gospel this morning, that are teaching about Jesus Christ, about him uh, lifted up, crucified, died, and risen. So we thank you, Lord, that we are not in competition with any other church, but we are one church with one heart, with one vision and to see people come to faith in Jesus Christ. Speak to us this morning. It is in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I mentioned that I was in the coffee shop and from time to time I'll go in there and I work as well too and I was there just a couple of days ago. In fact, um, Sarah Shirk, who is our connections director, she was in there as well working and um, just serving coffee and whatnot. And then she gave me a call. She was like, man, I got this huge order and I need some help. So I shot over to the coffee shop and started helping her, you know, with, with, with making the coffee and all of that. And this was Friday afternoon. And if you know about Friday afternoon, it was a special day for Marvel fans. Because Endgame came out. And there's this large group that walks in there and they start talking about the movie And Sarah is getting antsy because there's so many spoilers being talked about right there. And so, you know, customer is always right. And customer service is the right thing to do. You don't want to call out a customer. And so she goes, spoilers. And they they look up and they're like, huh? She's like, oh, no, you know, it's so interesting that you guys know everything that's happening in the movie. And they're like, oh, have you not watched it yet? She's like, "Uh uh-uh. They're like, oh, I'm so sorry. On the other end, I'm dialed in because I like spoilers. I want to know what's going to happen at the end. I do not like watching a movie and have everything going on and I don't know what's about to take place. I get anxiety. I need to, like, take meds when I'm watching a movie. So I'm the individual. If we rent a movie at the house and I've never seen this movie before, I will literally, my wife knows it, I will pause the movie, go online, read the spoiler, and be like, okay, now I can watch it. I don't like surprises. I I like to know what's going to happen at the end. I get anxiety. You know, another time where I get some serious anxiety is on election night. Everybody, the whole nation is dialed in on election night. But for me, it gives me heart palpitations. Because everybody wants one candidate to win and one other candidate to lose. It's not like uh, kids sports nowadays where you all get a trophy for even participating. No, there's a winner and there's a loser. And it's clear and defined. And I can't take the pressure. And Christine will watch me, like, I'll turn it on, I'll start looking, and then I'll just turn it off, and I'll just start pacing. She's like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I want to watch it, but I can't because my anxiety is going crazy because I want to know the end from the beginning. But how many of you guys know that life does not give you spoilers? 
There is no spoilers in life. When you start a thing, you don't know what the end of that thing until you get to the end of that thing. Life doesn't give you spoilers. But God gives us promises. Aren't you glad we serve a God who may not give us a spoiler, but he'll give us a promise that'll give us window into what the end is going to look like. Oftentimes the end may not be what you think it is, but it's always better. It's always better. You know, scripture says this, God says this in the word. He says, my word will go forth and it will not return void. It will accomplish every purpose that I purpose for it to accomplish. And so this morning, if there's an individual in here who's dealt with anxiety, who's dealt with the frustration of not knowing how to get from the middle to the end or being at the beginning of a thing and not understanding how it's going to play out in the very end, if you're stuck in the messy middle, This message is for you. We're in a series called Life Hacks. You know, I love being on Facebook. Simply because of the little videos that pop up. And some of the videos that pop up are life hacks. And that's when I discovered that I'd been opening a can wrong the entire time. Anybody else discover that? Blew my mind. I was like, I was today old. When I figured out this is really how you use a can opener. It's the most profound thing in the world. Incredible. You may not learn how to open a can opener in this series. But you will learn some life hacks that will help you on your journey. Last week, Easter Sunday, we talked about hacking death. Jesus hacked death and so can you. Today, we're going to talk about hacking anxiety and the frustration that comes when you're in a situation and you don't know how you're going to get from point A to point B, and that anxiety begins to start developing inside of you. How do you hack anxiety? So we're in Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, this is one of those like common verses that you hear that grandma used to quote to you. Every time you got anxious or you got scared. But what I'm going to do is the the verses we're going to center on is verse 6 and 7. But I want to go back and read for a little bit of context verse 4. And I think we have it for the screen. This is what it says beginning in verse 4. This is Paul. He's a church planter. He's writing to a church that he planted in a place called Philippi. It says this, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness, meaning like let your gentleness, let your patience be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippi is a region that is under Roman guard. It's, it's, a, it's a pagan re- region. Everybody there has their own God they worship. And in, even more, the main God that they worship is the emperor. It's the leader of the nation. 
everybody is worshiping him and Christians are becoming Christians and they're starting to worship Jesus and all of a sudden they're turning away and leaving false gods. They're like, this statue that I was once worshiping does not work for me anymore. It never worked for me in the first place. I was lying to myself. I'm not worshiping the God of money, the God of wealth. I'm not worshiping the God of anything else. You know what? I'm not even worshiping uh, the governor or the emperor, the individual who's in charge. And that's creating a problem because when you didn't worship the gods of the community, you were seen to bring judgment on everybody else. So anything that happened in the community that was bad, they could easily come to you and says, because you're not worshiping the God of so-and-so. So whenever you became a Christian in Philippi, there were economic ramifications. There were legal ramifications. There were cultural and social ramifications. Your family disowned you because they didn't want you to bring judgment on them. Your employers fired you because they didn't want you to bring bad luck to their businesses. Your friends disowned you because they didn't want you to bring a bad omen or or whatever it's called, uh, bad vibes to the friendships. So these individuals are in need of some encouragement. And Paul is like, bro, rejoice, rejoice always. Because they're in a place where they're like, I can't rejoice. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. I can't rejoice. My family doesn't even talk to me. I can't rejoice. I'm on the verge of losing my home. I can't rejoice. I'm in a relationship that is being broken because my spouse doesn't believe. And so they don't want to be with me anymore. How can I rejoice? Everything around me is crumbling. The future was uncertain. So how do you stay hopeful when the future is uncertain? Paul tells him, verse 6, do not be anxious. Don't worry. Isn't that the worst thing for somebody to say to you when you're anxious? What are you talking about? Don't worry. Why not? Everything is crumbling. Don't be anxious. Why not? I I don't know how I'm going to get from point A to point B. Uh, Don't be anxious. Don't be worried. Well, I am. I was in the doctor's appointment two days ago. And I don't like needles. I don't like being poked. And, you know, it's one of those things when you go to the doctor, like you go there for one thing for just a regular checkup, then they tell you that you got something else. And he's like, really, you could have just just lied to me. I didn't even want to be here in the first place anyway. So I'm in this doctor's appointment, and they're about to draw blood, and Christine is sitting there right next to me. And so they go, they do this, and see, I'm, I'm a typical guy. The lady called and made the appointment with me. She should have called Christine. Because this lady said, I need you to fast for eight hours and drink plenty of water. I told Christine... We've got to fast for 12 hours, and we can't have anything. Because if you tell me I can't eat, you might as well just tell me I'm not going to eat anything. I totally forgot about the water thing. So in my head, I started fasting from water like 24 hours before. So there was no water. I, I just, I wanted everything to go smoothly. So I get to the doctor's appointment, and they take Christine's blood, and she's got her water jug right there. She's sipping on water. Her blood is flowing all nice. It's all great. 
they get to me, I'm like, all right, get it over with. Let's happen. So I'm looking over here. I'm like, lady, I don't even want to look. Don't even talk to me. Just, just go ahead and get it done. And then Christine's going to say, oh, my gosh, your blood is so dark. Really, CJ? And then the nurse goes, uh-oh, this is not good. And at that point, she says the worst thing she could ever say to me. But don't worry. This is not good. My blood is dark. It's not flowing. Hey, but don't worry. You're going to die shortly. That's what I felt that they were saying to me. The worst thing to say to somebody is don't be anxious when they're anxious. But here goes the deal. Like I told you, the, the Philippi church had reasons to worry. Everything around them was going nuts. And if you've never been in a situation where everything is going nuts, just wait. This is the world we live in. There's one guarantee. There's no guarantees. It's not always going to go good. And he tells them, do not be anxious. It's an imperative. It's a command. It's not optional. It's like him telling them, don't do this. Don't go over there. Don't jump off of this. He says, don't worry. Don't be anxious. I'm telling you, don't do it. But it's an imperative that's based and predicated on a promise. How do we know? See, most times we read this text, we always start at verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Well, what's the context? Why? So when the Bible was written, they weren't broken up in verses like this. Historians have said, you know, this is how the words are still the same, but they added verses so that we can continue to remember and memorize scripture real easily. But they forgot one thing. Let's go back to the first verse. Right before it says, do not be anxious. It says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand, semicolon. And I wonder why the writers of the Bible didn't put verse 6 before the Lord is at hand. Because that's actually the beginning of the statement. The Lord is at hand, so don't be anxious. The Lord is near, so don't be anxious. The Lord is coming soon. Don't be anxious. Now, within context, he's talking about Jesus Christ coming to earth and and returning. But in this context, he's still trying to let them know God is near. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. Verse 6, about anything. Did some really good digging into the Greek, don't be anxious about anything. That word there, anything, means anything. All of it. Don't worry, be worried about your career. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about your relationships. Don't worry about school. Don't worry about whatever it is. Don't worry about it because the Lord is at hand. The Lord is near. Don't worry because the Lord is here. And then there's another, man, this, this word right here. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. Translation. Everything. Zyla, don't worry about everything. Everything. Not everything, everything. So, what am I supposed to do 
about this anxiety that's developing inside of me. What, what, what am I supposed to do when I'm afraid? What am I supposed to do when I'm worried? What am I supposed to do when I'm frustrated? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? You're telling me not to be worried about anything. So what should I do? Point number one, if you're following along, talk to God. He says, the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer. Prayer. Prayer is a conversation. Sometimes when we hear the word prayer, we're thinking about those high, holy, majestic, oh, God of heaven who sits on high and looks down low. How dost thou think about a lowly creation like me? Think about it. That's, that's usually what we think about when we think about prayer. But the word prayer used in this, in this exact moment is a conversation. Talk to God. Remember how Jesus taught his disciples how to pray? The disciples were like, hey, Jesus, man, we see you communicating with God. We see you praying all the time. Uh, teach us how to pray. And he says, listen, start like this. Our Father. Hey, Dad. You don't come to your parent and say, oh, holy one who birthed me so long ago. When you created me in your bosom and birthed me through the birth canal. No, you come and say, hey, mom, hey, dad, I need to talk to you about something. Listen, God is a father, not a force. God is not this mystical creator being that is just like hovering in the cosmos. God is near. He's a father. He fashioned man with his own hands. He breathed his breath into their lungs and they became a living being and a living soul. He is a God who walked in the cool of the day with Adam when he was in the garden. He is the angel of the Lord who showed up and spoke to Abraham. He was near. He was present. He is God with us. He is Jesus who came down to this earth and spoke like me and you and bled and died like me and you, but rose again. It's daddy. Talk to him. You know, conversations develop relationships. And God speaks too. And some of us may sit there and wonder, like, how, how does God speak to me? And here goes something practical. Henry, um, Henry Blackaby has this book called Experiencing God. I think it's one of the best Bible studies, one of the best uh, devotionals. In this Bible study, he talks about the different ways that God speaks to us. He speaks to us through his word, through the Bible. You want to have a conversation with God? Talk to him and read. He'll respond. He'll tell you everything that you need. In those impressions that you feel inside your heart. When you weren't supposed to do something, Zoe, and you were about to get into something, and it was like, I shouldn't do this. And you were like, man, I really shouldn't do this. That was God. Sorry, I shouldn't have picked up. Zoe's perfect. She didn't do anything wrong. She's so holy. He speaks while we're praying. You ever been praying and then just got carried away and things just started popping into your head? And somebody's name came into your head and you just started praying about them. God is speaking. God speaks through other people. When you're in conversations with people and they say something, you're like, man, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Talk to God. He'll respond. He'll talk back. Let anybody know the distance creates division. What do they say when people get married? The number one thing they tell you to do is communicate. Don't stop communicating. 
keep talking. In relationships and friendships, keep talking. Hey, you want to be on good terms with your kids? Talk to them. Hey, you want to develop a good relationship with your boss? Take them out to dinner. Take them out to lunch. Get to know them. Students, want to get in good with your teachers? Talk to them. Don't just come to them to ask for that extra credit because you didn't hand in that paper that you should have handed in in the first place. Go and have a conversation with them. Talk to God. Number two, ask for help. When everything is going crazy in your life, when you understand that I have a lack of peace, there's anxiety coming here. He says, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Supplication is the word to ask faithfully. Ask vehemently. Ask and say, I need something from you, God. And for so long, sometimes church has told us God has done everything that he needs to do. Don't ask God for anything. You're just being selfish. That's like me telling my kids, listen, I, I, I raised you up. I put clothes on your back. I did. I put food on your table. Don't ask me for anything else. Even though sometimes we do say that as parents, let's just be honest. Quit asking me. I can't stand you. Do you know what all I've done for you? God is not petty like humanity. God says, seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. Ask and you shall receive. Ask him. When you're stuck in a situation where anxiety is coming and you're worried about what's going to happen next, just ask him. You know that joke where they say uh, men don't ask for help. Men are driving and they don't want to ask for directions. Well, that's stupid. I don't like getting lost. I ask directions. I have no pride in me. But here's the deal. Many of us would rather complain than get the help that we need. Many of us like to stay in the pit of pressure rather than get released by humbling ourselves and asking for help. Some of us like staying in the point of anxiety. I remember I was talking to somebody, and um, they were having this issue, and this issue was longstanding. They kept on talking about it, talking about it, and I kept on saying, like, hey, how can we figure this out? How can we have issues? And I remember, I think Lewis was standing next to me, or no, 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 it was Pastor Derek. Somebody was standing next to me, and this individual said to me, why is it every time we talk to you, you always have to help us figure out a solution? Why can't we just complain? Because I don't want to hear it. No, I'm saying, like, because I want you to win. I don't want you to stay in the pit. I don't want you to stay depressed. I don't want you to stay sad. God has called you to be an overcomer, to be the head and not the tail, to be above and not beneath. So come on, let's get on with it. Let's get to the solution. Ask for help. Supplication, he says, with everything, with prayer and supplication, plead your case before God. Ask him. Point number three, thank him for what he has already done. Thank him for what he has already done. Uh, We said this in a message a couple of weeks ago. Don't let current circumstances make you forget God's consistency. Don't let current circumstances make you forget God's consistency. 
I've been picking on the teens for a little bit right here, but I'm going to pick on the teens one more time. You know when you're a teenager, everything is a major crisis? Even though the worst crisis ever just happened three weeks ago. But the one today is the worst. Oh, my gosh, you don't understand. My life is over. Oh, my God. I'm going to die. It's always the worst situation. As an adult, we do it as well, too. The current situation that we deal with becomes the biggest crisis ever, not knowing that God's faithfulness has been consistent all throughout our lives, all the times he's saved us, all the times he's protected us. And sometimes we get to the point where we forget. That's why around Relevant Church, we always ask this question. How is God at work in and around you? Whenever we gather for meetings, whenever we gather for conversations, whether it's one-on-one, whether it's a group meeting, we say this, how is God at work in and around you? Why? Because you've got to be able to see God in every moment, in every conversation, in every situation. And see, when he says, give your thankfulness to God, it's like, take a record of everything that God has been doing in your life. Thank him for that. And then thank him in advance because you know if he's done it before, he'll do it again. God is faithful. He says the peace... He goes here, he says, let your requests be made known to God. You can come up, Josh. We're going to ride this thing out. He says, let your requests be made known to God. This is one of the things that I think every Christian in here, man, woman, and child, needs to understand about God. Let your requests be made known to God. Just tell him. Just tell him. Let your request be made known to God. Just tell him. Talk to him. Ask for help. Thank him. Just tell him what you're going through. Don't try to figure it out yourself. Just tell him. See, my kids sometimes, and anybody who's got children, when they come in to explain something, you ever had like your child or a friend or somebody comes and talks to you and they start talking through filters? Well, like, I really want to talk to you about something, but um, so let me tell you exactly what's really going on. But but hold on. So so there's a, but you got to listen. All right. So this is how, OK. So just say it. Just say it. And I think sometimes we come to God that way because either we feel like we're not good enough or we're not going to measure up enough or if we've not done enough good things. So you're like, God, you know, so like, you know, I've been praying a lot lately, God. And God, you know, I've been going to church. And, and God, you know, I've just, you know, I try, I didn't cuss out my boss yesterday. And like I really wanted to. And I mean, that coworker that I wanted to punch in the face, I didn't, God, you know. And God is like, just say it. You don't have to qualify yourself before God. Jesus qualified you at the cross. He says, no one comes to me and no one comes to the Father unless they go through me. When you say yes to Jesus, you've got all access. It's all access pass. 
You know, back in the old days, they had the Jewish temple where you had the outer court and then you had the inner court. Then they had the most holy of holies. There is no thing anymore. When Jesus died, it says the curtain was torn from the top to the bottom. It's a full gateway now. We can walk right into the throne room of God and sit down next to Father and say, Daddy, I got an issue and I'm stressed and I'm tired and I need you to come through. And this situation is coming over me. And I know in the name of Jesus, all of my answers to you, your answers to me are yes and amen. Amen. In the name of Jesus. So I'm coming. I'm just talking, Dad. I know you're going to take care of it, but I just needed to get it out for me. Let your requests be made known to God. Verse 7, last verse. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This peace, this word peace, actually has a lot of different meanings. The word peace that he uses is irene in Greek. It conveys a meaning of well-being. Don't be anxious for anything, but through prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, make your request be made known to God and the peace of God, your well-being in God, and your prosperity in God. And your freedom from anxiety in God. And your safety in God. And your deliverance in God. Will, that passes all understanding, will guard your hearts. Passes all understanding, that will surprise the mess out of you. Have you ever been not anxious about something you should have been anxious about and just surprised yourself? We're like, I don't even know why I'm not stressing right now. And this is stressing me out that I ain't stressing because I should be stressed right now. The peace that passes all understanding, the well-being, the prosperity, the freedom from anxiety, the safety, deliverance, that passes all understanding, one that will surprise you, one that will blow your mind. Here's the deal. Peace breaks anxiety, not human effort. It doesn't matter what you want to muster up. You, you, can't, you can't pray yourself enough into peace. All you do is lay that burden at the feet of God. And he will give you his peace. Jesus said, my peace I live you. My peace I give you. Peace breaks anxiety. Not human effort. Not trying to figure it out. Not pulling up myself by my bootstraps. And then he uses this term here, which is very interesting. He says, we'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul is a prisoner while he's writing this. He says, I'm in chains for Christ. He's been preaching the gospel and people don't like that and they've chained him up. And if anybody knows anything about Roman guard, these people were brutal. So when he says the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hand, it says will be locked next to your heart and mind. The peace of God will not leave you, not forsake you. It will be with you. It'll be locked right next to you. Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church Podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. 
If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.